Chapter Four of His First and Last Appearance by Francis J. Fenn, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Four, in which Isabella Chance finds and loses her vocation. At the altar railing and before a statue of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, which was girt about with burning waxen tapers, Isabella Chance was kneeling, wrapped in prayer. Her eyes, pleading, eloquent, were fixed on the Blessed Mother's benign face, as though she were expecting some word or sign from the silent, beautiful marble. Upon the fair, white soul of Isabel, the question of her vocation was at this time weighing heavily. School days were drawing to their close, and the time for choosing could not long be delayed. For some weeks she had been in a state of darkness and doubt. Isabel, as was to be expected, had an inherited taste for art. She loved all things beautiful, especially did she love music. Considering her age and her opportunities, she played the piano with a delicacy of touch and a justness of phrasing and interpretation which were wonderful. Her voice, too, gave promise. It was rich, deep, and of a very rare timber. Professor Himmelstein used to insist that it was worth its weight in gold, till Philip one day asked him how much Isabel's voice weighed. After that question, the professor, while retaining his admiration, changed the terms of expression. He insisted on Isabel's being sent to study in Berlin. The musical directress at the academy was, if anything, even more enthusiastic than the old professor. Mrs. Lachance, herself a musician of no common order, was moved by their words to consider seriously the matter of ways and means for sending Isabel abroad to finish her vocal training. But Isabel, much as she loved her chosen art, felt in her soul a hint, a suspicion, that she was called to something higher. At first she had paid no attention to this still, small voice with its faint, vague accents. But prayer and the sacraments had done their work, and now she was waiting eagerly, almost impatiently, for that voice to speak clearly. Today she was concluding a novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. During the preceding days of the novena, her soul had been more troubled than usual. She asked for a sign, and no answer was vouchsafed her. Indeed, darkness and desolation thickened. The world, though, looked bright and promising, the convent sterile and gloomy. On this Saturday morning, when she went to communion, there came a sudden answer. It is the province of God, and of God alone, to enter the soul suddenly. In a flash there came a change. Just as the sacred host touched her tongue, her soul was filled with a great love for Christ, while the still, small voice, these many days well nigh extinct, grew clear and true. Isabel almost heard the words, Veni sponsor Christi, Veni sponsor Christi. Come, thou spouse of Christ, come, thou spouse of Christ. Isabel's memory ran over the various communities she had visited, and the various sisters and nuns with whom she was personally acquainted. There was not a single community that she did not admire and revere, not a single nun that she did not like very much. Three or four of them, indeed, she loved tenderly. As for the academy which she had attended, she loved every desk, every chair, every room in it. It was to her another home. And yet, strangely enough, now that she came to consider the question of devoting her life to Christ in some sisterhood, not one of these dear faces, not one of these loved communities, not even her own convent home appealed to her. That she was called to the higher life she felt assured. 
her doubt and indecision had flown and god was calling her distinctly but there still remained in question the particular community or order in which she was to consecrate herself after her thanksgiving she went home and during breakfast so engrossed was she with her own reflections took little note of what was passing around her and now she had returned to the church and kneeling before the statue of the blessed mother she was praying for further light though only eighteen isabel was developed beyond her years she was a woman in experience she had not the imperious face of her mother the lines were softer gentler and care had not set its stern rigid marks upon her brow just now her face was serious almost tragically serious she felt somehow that a crisis in her life was at hand and indeed a greater crisis than she had imagined was impending as she continued praying there came suddenly another illumination another wave of consolation bathed her soul was the veil about to lift was her convent home about to be presented to her inward eye it is coming she thought i feel it i know it yet how strange it seems to be before me and still i cannot see surely my prayer is to be heard at last surely the answer is coming at that moment a hand was laid on her shoulder she started and turned to find that marie looking pale and frightened was standing beside her come quick isabel i'm afraid mamma is very sick is this the answer thought isabel as she genuflected and hurried from the church fearful and trembling she prayed again for light and strength very soon they were at home isabel would have gone into her mother's room at once but miss devereux blocked the way no dear not yet said the nurse i must talk to you first is mother very ill send the children downstairs when philip and marie had gone miss devereux said isabel your mother i fear has a fever of a malignant type isabel's eyes filled with tears but she held herself bravely i have taken it upon myself to call on a doctor dr murray who has charge of my patient downstairs he is with her now well had i not better go in i don't know my dear if it's contagious it would be better perhaps for you to stay out no indeed my place is beside my mother and isabel would have entered then but wait a moment isabel perhaps it will be good for you to get the children away from here if that is necessary you should attend to it before anything else once you have entered you might not be able to see them again without the risk of carrying contagion with you thank you miss devereux i did not think of that you are right and i shall wait when the doctor came out presently he whispered a word in the nurse's ear miss devereux could not suppress an exclamation of dismay have you any place to bring the children she asked of isabel i haven't thought of any place but i can find one the nurse took out the lead pencil and scribbled an address on a scrap of paper bring them there isabel at once they must not come back to this room for anything nor must you take anything along for them these people where they are going are charitable friends of mine and the children will be as safe as though they were at home go now dear go quickly i will see to your mother till you come back when isabel returned an hour later she found the generous miss devereux awaiting her at the inner door how is she isabel asked breathlessly 
I wish I could say something to cheer you, my dear, but it's a sad case and a serious one. If you enter this room, you are taking your life in your hand. Your mother's fever is dangerous and contagious. Very well, answered Isabel decidedly. Then I am quite willing to take my life in my hand, and if God wants it, he is welcome to it. My place is beside my mother. And Isabel entered the sick room. Ah, she thought, perhaps this is my vocation, this my calling. Who knows? May God's holy will be done. End of chapter 4